continuing episodes of the very popular light-hearted soap opera known as Claudia, episodes 47 and 48, edited back-to-back, starring Catherine Bard as Claudia Naughton and Paul Crabtree as David Naughton. A continuing story about the ups and downs of being a newlywed couple in the late 1940s. The sponsor is Coca-Cola. The show ran for 18 months beginning on September 29, 1947, with 390 episodes. All have been preserved. There is a Claudia playlist with previous and future shows, and the first episode you will hear on this track is entitled The Whole Tooth, and was originally broadcast on December 2nd, 1947. The second episode is entitled Through Claudia's Eyes, broadcast on December 3rd, 1947. Enjoy this very different soap opera produced when the world was a lot less hectic than it is today. Both the characters were created by Rose Franken, a well-known author of newlywed stories in the 1930s. Claudio was said to be an excellent depiction of a typical American household during those times. You're listening to Heirloom Radio, a different kind of oldies program, and I am your host, John Lovering, thanking you for stopping by. Your support by listening to this podcast is much appreciated. And now, here is Claudia. Your Coca-Cola bottler presents Claudia. Claudia, based on the original stories by Rose Franken. Brought to you, transcribed Monday through Friday, by your friendly neighbor who bottles Coca-Cola. Relax, and while you're listening, refresh yourself. Have a Coke. And now, Claudia. Hey, darling, where are you going? Not finishing breakfast? I just want to get my pocketbook. Look, we're eating at home. There'll be no check to pay. It'd be for you to pay anyway. (laughs) Oh, here it is. Right where I left it last night. Odd Bodkins. What's odd? Bodkins. Never heard of him. Who is he? Darned if I know. Just an expression of amazement that you put something where you could find it. Oh, now. What are you peering into that mirror for? Does one side of my face look bigger to you than the other? Swollen? No. No, it doesn't look swollen. Why? Got a sort of a dull toothache in the rear upper corner of my jaw. Since when? Since I woke up. I must have slept on my face, I guess. What do you usually sleep on? A pillow, of course. Oh, of course. Does it... Hurt much, darling? No, not much. I I don't think it's anything. Maybe I bit too hard on something at dinner last night. Well, if it doesn't go away or if it gets worse, you ought to go see your dentist. You ought to see him anyway, I think. You sound like an advertisement. Feels a little better already. Hot coffee helps. Then put that little mirror away in your bag and have another cup. I'll pour. But, darling, uh, call him and... Say, David, did you put a dollar in my pocketbook last night? No. Well, that's queer, because there's a dollar in it now. A small fortune. Put it in the savings account. I mean, it's a dollar I shouldn't have. No reason why you shouldn't have one, providing you don't spend it all at once. How's that for a generous husband? Very generous. (laughs) But, you know, I'd made up my mind to spend every cent I had, and I did. And now I find I have a dollar left. Did I hear you say you made up your mind to spend every cent you had? Mm, Yesterday afternoon. 
I don't feel so generous anymore. How much money did you spend? All but a dollar? All of it, including this one. That's the strange part. David... Look, darling, I, I know I'm not very bright so early in the morning, but uh, I don't think I've lost my mind completely. Now, start all over again and tell me quietly exactly what happened. Remember, I'm your husband, not a mind reader. Well, yesterday afternoon, you went back to the office after the auction sale, and I went shopping. Buying and selling a $2,500 sofa at the auction sale wasn't enough, huh? It was too much. I wanted to get the sofa out of my system. <laughs> so I went shopping at the 5 and 10 cent store to get some little things around the house. Well, what we need is some big things around the house, like chairs and tables. <laughs> Well, as I was saying, I went into the five and ten cent store to get some little things. Mm -hmm. and, you know, mop and a pail and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I opened my pocketbook, and what do you think? Out jumped a frog. Frogs are in throats, not pocketbooks. <laughs> well, what did you find? Five dollars. No. Yes. So there I was with five dollars in the entire five and ten cent store at my disposal. What a wild, mad passion must have seized you. <laughs> You have no idea how easy it is to spend five dollars in a ten-cent store. Practically everything costs a dollar. Inflation, Not that's at what all. it is. It's worth a dollar. It's worth... Do you want to hear what I'm saying or don't you? Well, go on. Go well, on. then be quiet, please. Anyway, I bought a pail for a dollar and a mop and a ringer for a dollar and, let's see, six dishcloths for a dollar mm -hmm. and uh, an iron stand for a dollar and... Uh... And, uh... Oh, yes, an everyday fountain pen. What's that add up to? Exactly five dollars. That's what I figured. So I should have come home without a cent. Stony broke. And now I find I have a dollar right here in my change purse. Where do you suppose I got it? I don't know, but this sort of thing has possibilities. I'll uh, give you a hundred dollars. See what you can do with that. <laughs> David, now be serious. I'm serious. I think that dollar isn't yours. Not mine? Then whose? The five and ten cent stores. The stores? They're not selling dollars there. Exactly. You mean maybe I didn't pay for one of the things I bought, is that it? Oh, so at last you admit it. Admit what? Walking out with an unpaid-for purchase. I don't see how I... Now, let me see. I, I remember paying for the pail and the mop. And they put the dishcloths in a bag with the iron stand and... And, and what about the and fountain the pen? fountain pen. Oh, David, I must have put it right in my pocket. And nobody saw you? Yes, nobody did because nobody asked me to pay for it. Mm. You filched that fountain pen. But I didn't mean to. The fact remains you filched it, a fine thing. I married two months. Suddenly, without any warning, one fine day, I wake up to learn that my wife is a kleptomaniac. That's not the other thing, is it? It's a nice upper-class word for shoplifting. It's not when you don't do it on purpose. Besides, it, it, it's the first time. Tell it to the judge. You got to go back there today and return the dollar? That's an admission of guilt. Mama says admitting something makes it all right. All right with your conscience, maybe, but not with the ten-cent store. They'll be mighty suspicious that you don't owe them a little more. Oh, you make it so complicated. <laughs> the simple thing for you to do is never cross that dime store's doors again. Are you serious? Absolutely. You want me to be, don't you? Never go in there again. It's such a wonderful store. They have all sorts of things. For a dollar. I love that ten cents. I know what I'll do. I'll send them back their dollar in postage stamps. How about that? <laughs> they wouldn't appreciate it. It would mess up their bookkeeping system. I feel awful about keeping it. You should. Sinners should suffer for their sin. But I'll have to keep it. There's nothing else I can do. And I've suffered enough, I'm going to put it out of my mind. Put it out of your mind? This minute. Oh, such a fuss about a dollar. 
Well, I think you must have a latent leaning towards petty crime, or this would prey on your conscience. I've decided not to let it. I am profoundly shocked. Can't help it. The ten-cent store can get along without my dollar. <laughs> oh. What's the matter? The words stick in your throat? No, it's my cheek, and, and I mean my tooth. A tooth for a tooth. I have a pain right through the side of my face. I can hardly talk. David, you don't think it's a twinge of conscience, do you? The way you look, I'm pretty sure it's a twinge of tooth. <laughs> Where does it hurt? Here, show me. Right around my finger is. Uh -huh. I mean, how can I see you if you got... <laughs> how can I it. see you if you got your finger in your mouth? Right up there, in the right-hand corner. Mm. Mm. You haven't got a tooth in the upper right-hand corner. I must have. It hurts. Could it be God paying me back because of the dollar? God's too busy. He's got too many other things to worry about. Does it hurt much, darling? Not much. I just can't eat or talk. Come on. We'll go see the dentist. I should say not. Maybe it'll go away just the way it came. I'm not taking any chances. We're going to see that dentist right away. David, you're always rushing into things. I'm taking you to that dentist personally before I go to the office. You have a way of putting things off that you don't like to do. It uh, came over suddenly at breakfast, Doctor. One minute she was talking, and the next her mouth was just open. I see. Well, it doesn't sound very serious. I don't think it is, but I thought she'd better come over right away. Yes, and very wise. Besides, I welcome this opportunity of meeting Claudia's husband. What have you been telling Dr. Martin, David? Nothing, dear. Just telling him how you got your toothache this morning. I don't know how I got it. That's the point. Now, get into the chair, Claudia, and let's have a look. I'll uh, go into the waiting room, Doctor. David, don't go. Oh, it's perfectly all right for you to stay in here, Mr. Norton. Well, if you don't mind. Now, Claudia, put your head back. Now, how's this? Comfortable? Wonderful. I could go right to sleep. Go right ahead, darling. Dr. Martin will appreciate it. Tell me where it hurts. In the upper right-hand corner. Yeah? Up where my tongue is. Uh-huh. See anything? Now, open wide. You find our earth, Dr. Martin? Open wide. Uh-huh. I see the trouble. You mean I really have something wrong? David, you see it wasn't a twinge of conscience. I never all. said it was. Your conscience did. Young lady, you're cutting a wisdom tooth. <laughs> I am, David. You hear what Dr. Martin said? I can hardly believe it. She's a little retarded. Oh, it varies. Some people cut their wisdom teeth young, and some cut them late. Yeah, it looks impacted. I'll have to take x-rays of it and see what's what. But I may have to pull it. Pull it? My one and only wis wisdom tooth? Will you uh, take the x-rays now, Doctor? I'd like to. I'll come back some other day. You stay here. And you do what Dr. Martin says. Uh, doctor, uh, could I call my office, please? Yes, go right ahead. The phone's in the other room. Thank you. Thank you very much. You won't have to pull it, will you? I'm, I'm just getting it. Well, we'll see. Open wide. Have you had any other trouble with your teeth? Uh, none at all since I married. Seems to agree with me. I'd say it does. You're looking very well. I'd say you've even gained a little weight. Have I? Yes. You look very pleased about it all. Are you going to have a baby, Claudia? Of course we're going to have a baby. What's a marriage without a baby? Well, I'm glad to hear it. Congratulations, my dear. But for it's only natural and normal. And congratulations, nevertheless. You know, too many young people wait too long for their first baby. We're very lucky. Our new apartment has an extra room, so we don't have to wait. 
Besides, I think I'd like to manage it so I'll be a grandmother while I'm still young. Well, you're very ambitious. Anyway, it'll be more fun that way. By the time I'm 60, I expect first I can... First things first, young woman. And I want you to be coming in here to see me regularly. You know, having a baby is a lot of wear and tear on your teeth. That's the last place you'd expect. I'll give you a prescription of calcium. Calcium? What for? For the baby's teeth. I see. Oh, hello, Dave. Is the office all right? Oh, yes, 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 fine. And what's your diet? Mm. After all, you don't want to put on too much weight. Oh, of course not, no. Claudia, Claudia, put on weight. Well, it's unavoidable, Mr. Norton. But if she's careful, the mother's weight goes back to normal once the baby is born. Baby? It's fascinating, isn't it, David? I'll get the x-ray plates prepared, and we'll get some pictures of this so-called wisdom. Now, 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 darling, darling, uh, quickly, quickly explain everything to me. Explain you what, David? What's the matter? You're shaking all over. Did I understand uh, Dr. Martin to say that we're going to have a baby? Of course we're going to... You know we're going to have a baby. I told him we were going to. You, is anything you wrong told here? It. Now, now, look, darling. Darling, there is one thing, only one thing I, I want to know. All right, I'd be glad to tell you. What is it, David? Why? Why on earth didn't I know before? Why did you know what before? About the baby, you cluck. David, I don't know what all this fuss is about. You know we're going to have one. But when? After all, Claudia... I mean, I think you should have come to me about this. After all, the, the one thing, I, I, I am the father. Well, how should I know when I'm not a fortune teller, darling? Oh. Look, Claudia. Sit down there, man. Take it easy. What is the matter with you, David? You I've know never what seen you've done. you in such a state. Do you have the slightest idea of what you've done? For the moment, we'll forget what you've just put me through. I'll live, I think. But you... You've misled Dr. Martin into believing you were in the process of having a baby. I did no such thing. He brought up the subject of babies himself. I didn't say one thing. He just jumped to conclusions. And so did you. This broadcast of Claudia was supervised and directed by William Brown Maloney. Many's the housewife who eats sketchy leftovers for lunch because it's too much trouble to prepare anything just for herself. If you fall into that habit, here's a tip that'll make the tidbit taste better. When you take leftovers from the refrigerator, reach for an ice-cold Coke at the same time. For Coca-Cola makes even a skimpy lunch a refreshing repast. Every day, Monday through Friday, Claudia comes to you, transcribed, with the best wishes of your friendly neighbor who bottles Coca-Cola. So listen again tomorrow at the same time. And now this is Joe King saying au revoir and remember, whoever you are, whatever you do, wherever you may be, when you think of refreshment, think of Coca-Cola. For ice-cold Coca-Cola makes any pause the pause that refreshes.
Coca-Cola Bottler presents Claudia. Claudia, based on the original stories by Rose Franken. Brought to you, transcribed Monday through Friday, by your friendly neighbor who bottles Coca-Cola. Relax, and while you're listening, refresh yourself. Have a Coke. And now, Claudia. Aren't you uh, getting dressed this morning, darling? I am dressed. Dressed as I'm going to get. Is uh, this the latest style? Don't you like it? Stunning. Your good brown sweater over your pink pajamas. (laughs) Direct from Paris. But it's for a very good reason. Must be. Mama's coming over. We're going to put shelf paper in all the closets. And on all the shelves. The things you girls think up to amuse yourselves. We didn't think this up. Everybody does it. You can't have shelves without shelf paper. Pass me the coffee, darling. Why not? No reason why not. Here it is. I don't mean why not the coffee. I mean why not the shelves without the shelf paper. Just isn't done. The shelves get all dirty. Doesn't the paper? You can change the paper, silly, but you can't change the shelves. Oh, very clever. It's the sort of thing a mother hands down to her daughter. <laughs> That's Mama now. Tell her to come right over. I'll lend her a pair of my pajamas. You've got no respect for my mother. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Mama. Oh, Julia. Good morning. So early I thought it'd be Mama. When'd you get back? Today? Well, Julia, I'm awfully busy with shelf paper today. I, I suppose I could do it tomorrow, but I'd planned to... Oh, no, Julia, I don't want to borrow one of your maids, really. It's one of the things I I sort of like to do myself. You mean you like Mama to do it myself? What was that, Julia? But you've already given us a wedding present. Oh, we couldn't accept anything else. The car is plenty, really. You're much too generous. We... What? No, we haven't bought any flat silver yet, but... Oh, Julia, I, I don't know what to say. I Say thank you. You made an appointment for today? Antoine and Pierre's. Fine, I'll be there. Oh, give my love to Hartley. Goodbye. That was Julia. You don't say. She wants to buy me some flat silver today. Now my shelves will have to wait. You don't seem to be very happy about the flat silver. I am. It's wonderful of Julia. We need it, don't we? She's going to get me a whole set, aren't you, please? It's a little embarrassing. She's giving us so much. She's already given us the car. I told her that, and she said, that little old second-hand car, she seemed really glad to get rid of it, you know. I know. But even so, it makes me feel like a poor relative. Me too. But in this case, it's all right, because we're not really, except by comparison. I suppose you're right. I'm just being stuffy. I like you stuffy. Shows <laughs> you're nice. Darling, don't look so worried about it. You know, I like Julia. I like Hartley, too not quite as impressive as she is. Maybe that's because he's your brother. That's a nice thing to say. Or maybe it's because of his gallbladder. <laughs> I, I'll tell him. Don't you dare! <laughs> Call me when you get through with Julia. Or better still, drop in at the office since you'll be downtown and I'll buy you your lunch. Oh, that'll be wonderful. Then I'll come right home or I'll never get to paper the shelf. <laughs> What's so funny? You are. Me? And wonderful. Of course, uh, I'm wonderful, too. You? 
I married the one woman in the world who would rather paper her shelves than choose her silver. Hartley Norton here. Oh, yes. Mrs. Hartley Norton is in booth three. If it's about the samples for her draperies, you may go right in. No, I, I'm not about the samples. I mean, uh, I'm Mrs. David Norton, her sister-in-law. Oh, yes, Mrs. Norton. She's expecting you, too. Booth three, can you find your way? Oh, certainly. Thank you. It's on the right. Oh, excuse me. Booth three. Oh, Julia, hello. Claudia, darling, hello. Am I early? I'll be out from under in a minute. What's the matter? You look like you've seen something terrible. I walked into the next booth by mistake, and I saw two eyes staring out of a sheet with a lot of ground or something around them. Did I imagine it, Julia? <laughs> no, my lamb, that's a mud pack. What on earth for? For wrinkles. You don't have to worry about them yet. Oh. But it looks so messy. It washes off. Is it expensive? Fifteen dollars. Fifty? Just for mud? I'd rather have wrinkles. Oh, I think I must be dry by now. You want me to feel? It's all right. It's been twenty minutes. How can you stand sitting under one of those things? What's that? I can't hear you. I said I couldn't stand sitting under one of those things. Oh, if you want to make an appointment, just ask Gertrude. She'll take good care of you. I don't want to make an appointment. This is the best place in town. Never go anywhere else. I don't go anywhere else. I mean, I like to do my own... Oh. Whenever I have my hair set, I come out looking like somebody else. Well, dry or not, I'm coming up. I can't stand this noise another minute. Whew. That's a relief. Those machines are simply exhausting. Oh, oh, Gertrude, you're here. Uh, call Pierre, would you? He asked me to tell you he was sorry, but he had to go to the towers to do Lady Radcliffe's hair. Oh. I'll comb it out for you. Good. I've got to be rushing along. I'm late already. But it's not quite dry, Mrs. Norton. No matter. Comb it out. Oh, Gertrude, this is my sister-in-law, Mrs. David Norton. From now on, she's going to be coming down here to have her hair done, and I want you to take good care of her. Oh, no, really, I... I... Oh, she's got lovely hair. I think we can do a lot with her. Have you ever worn it out? Well, David doesn't like it up. He doesn't like my ears to show. Let me see your ears. There's nothing the matter with your ears. They're nice and close to your head. They are? Well... Men always fight against something new. You let Gertrude put your hair up. David will like it. Well, I'm not so sure. I, uh, there, I... Mrs. Norton. How does that look? It's very nice today, Gertrude. Now, just hand me my coat, would you? Here it is. Oh, thanks. Well, now, let me see. It's a quarter to 12. At 12.30, I must be at that luncheon. That gives us just enough time, Claudia. <laughs> what shall I tell the draperies woman if she comes? Oh, yes. Well, tell her I'm sorry. She was late and that I couldn't wait for her. I'll tell her. And I hope you, too, Mrs. Norton, will come in soon. You, you, you mean me? She means you. She will. So quiet here. Wonder where they get their carpeting. There's the silver counter over there. Monsieur Aubert has the patterns ready for me. Ah, uh, Madame Norton, I was expecting you. This is Mrs. David Norton, Monsieur Aubert. I spoke to you about the patterns for her silver. Good afternoon, Mr. Aubert. Enchanté. Delighted, Madame Norton. Uh, step right over here, if you please. 
I have the samples on the counter. Here they are, Claudia. Oh, they're lovely. All three of them. Now, you don't have to choose one if you don't like them. Oh, I do. They're sterling and they will last you a lifetime. Well, they'll have to. We'll never get another. What time have you, Monsieur Robert? Uh, it's almost 12 o'clock. Oh, you'll excuse me a moment, Claudia. I want to make a phone call. Go right ahead, I'll please. just be a moment. Oh, look at those stunning clips. Remind me to ask about them, Monsieur Robert. Oui? You like the silver patterns, Madame Norton? Oh, yes, I like them very much. Your sister-in-law, she has exquisite taste. Truly elegant. I, I won't be able to choose which one to choose. But I, I think I like the plainest one best. Ah, yes. The simplest is always the best taste. But the others, they are simple, too, in their own way. I think I like this one. Looks like a pie crust. We call it the Doric pattern. <laughs> but uh, the pie crust is better. My husband likes simple things, too. He has excellent taste. Uh, this pattern, madame, it will go with everything. Oh, we haven't got everything to go with it, but it can stand on its own feet. Oh, look at those salt cellars. Aren't they adorable? Uh, you would like to see them? Oh, thank you. No, salt cellars is something we have plenty of. Is that a cake knife next to it? That is right, a cake knife. Oh, that's lovely. I love that pattern. But Swedish. It is Danish. We have just received a whole set from Copenhagen. Have? Can I look at it? I'll show you a fork I have right here. Ah, uh, there you are. Oh, this would be beautiful with monograms and salt cellars, wouldn't it? And very individual. We have only this one set. Did Mrs. Norton see it? It was not in when she came. I like it by far the best. By far. But I, I wonder if she'd be offended if I chose it. Maybe I'd better not. I well, my dear, have you made up your mind? It's quite a problem, Julia. What is this fork? Oh, that's just something Mr. Aubert was showing me. Julia, I, I think I'll take the one that looks like a pie crust. But I thought you said... The other fork was of the pattern. Uh, no, the pie crust is the one I'd like, the one you chose, Julia. Monsieur Aubert, you didn't show me this other pattern. Well, I only received it this morning. Have you got the whole set? Eighteen of everything. It's very handsome. So simple. Do you like it best, too? By far the best. It's your choice, isn't it? Well, I... I... I do like the pie crust one that you chose. You're very sweet, my dear. You won't hurt my feelings at all by taking this new set. But really, Julia, it... No ifs about it. If I'd seen it, I'd have chosen it too. Then you don't mind about the others. <laughs> On the contrary, I'm delighted to find you have such good taste. And that you'd sacrifice silver to feelings, my lamb. Feelings last a lifetime too, Julia. In that case, David should be a very happy man. Well, do you want to pick out the monogram now? Well, I'd rather show the silver to David first. If I could take a sample or, or a picture with me. After all, he's going to eat half of it, too, you know. You're sure it's not best for you to decide by yourself? Husbands don't like to be bothered with this sort of thing, generally. David does. So do most husbands, I think. As long as their wives want to bother them. And don't think it's a bother to, if you see what I mean. I do. Maybe you're right. You know, for someone who's had so little experience, you've got a great deal of wisdom, my lamb. I wish I'd had it when I got married. It's not wisdom, Julia. It's being married to David. Maybe it's Claudia being married to David. So you take your time about the monograms and the silver. Monsieur Robert will be here when you've decided. I'll hold the set for you, Madame Norton. You may take the fork with you. Madame Hartley Norton is uh, well known to us here. Thank you. Goodbye, Monsieur Robert. I'll be in next week about those clips. Au revoir, madame. Now, do you think you'd like to come along to this luncheon with me? 
It's for the orchestra. I'm on the board. I'd love to, Julia, but I, I can't. Oh? I've got something very important to do this afternoon. Really? The luncheon would set me late, and I wouldn't have time. You see, I have to change my clothes first. Whatever it is, sounds very exciting. Oh, it's just something I've been planning for a few days now. In a way, I guess it is a little exciting. It's sort of a, sort of a symbol. Why, Claudia, <laughs> you've got me palpitating. <laughs> now, what is it you're rushing off to do? I thought I told you. <laughs> no, you didn't tell me about anything so important. I've got to paper my shelves, Julia. They should have been done days ago. Oh. Now, I thought at least you had a luncheon date with the mayor. Luncheon date with the mayor? Heavens no. What would I be lunching with the mayor for? I'm having lunch with David. Claudia, you're a funny child. Shelves before silver, marriage before monograms. But you run along. And stay sweet. Give my love to that important man. This broadcast of Claudia was supervised and directed by William Brown Maloney. There are some little things you can do for folks that make a hit out of all proportion to the money they cost. When the laundress or cleaning woman has finished a tiresome chore and you offer her an ice-cold Coke, she's ready to bless you for the thoughtful attention. The price of Coca-Cola is still only five cents. Yes, still five cents for the self-same quality that Coca-Cola has brought you through the years. Every day, Monday through Friday, Claudia comes to you transcribed with the best wishes of your friendly neighbor who bottles Coca-Cola. So listen again tomorrow at the same time. And now this is Joe King saying au revoir. And remember, whoever you are, whatever you do, wherever you may be, when you think of refreshment, think of Coca-Cola. For ice-cold Coca-Cola makes any pause the pause that refreshes. Thank you.